0: Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of Faked is going to be a little more pressing if you catch my drift. And if you do catch my drift, you're a mind reader because that was a pretty far-fetched pun. We are going to be talking about diamonds. Get it? The pressed coal. Anyways, we're going to be moving on here. So we're going to be talking about facsimile thereofs when pertaining to diamonds, whether they're, you know, zirconium, all these just, we'll, we'll say the words way more than we need to. So I'm actually going to abbreviate them uh, when we do come up to it, but let's just jump in here. So guys, what makes diamonds valuable? What is it about diamonds that makes them so dang expensive? After all, they're just carbon after all. Um, there's plenty of them on earth. Actually, I think it's the most like abundant mineral, but, um, Let's go into what the actual history is here. So, for centuries, diamonds have been a sign of power, wealth, and status. The stone was a rare find and therefore was worth more. However, in the 1800s, a veritable diamond trove was unearthed in Kimberley, South Africa. This newfound mine had the potential to flood the market with diamonds and bring down the cost for the precious stone overall. Okay, so to prevent too many diamonds from hitting the market, De Beers quickly intervened, bought up the mine, and maintained tight control over the global diamond supply. You may have heard this story before. Um, I believe it was on like an Adam's room. Adam ruins everything. Um, I'm not even sure if that's a show anymore. But De Beers released only enough diamonds to meet an annual demand. Okay, so we averaged out what individuals were buying diamonds uh, yearly. So. Realized if they tighten that supply every year, maybe even a little tighter every year, um, the price would only go up because of the demand. People need that bling. Okay. This gave the illusion that diamonds were exceedingly rare. In turn, the seemingly limited supply inflated the cost of diamonds. Throughout the 19th century, De Beers effectively maintained a monopoly on the global diamond mines. The cartel would stockpile diamonds, limit supply, and drive up demand and cost. De Beers also began an uh, aggressive marketing campaign to promote diamond engagement rings. We've all fallen prey for it. I know I did. The brand pushed out the long-standing tradition of ruby and sapphire engagement rings, which sound awesome. Um, And then replaced it with an overwhelming demand for diamond rings. None of those ruby and sapphires anymore. Although I feel like ruby, sapphire, emerald, those are way cooler. But, you know, it seems synonymous now. And that was De Beers' uh, design. So this fever pitch demand coupled with the De Beers controlled limited release of diamonds increased the overall cost of diamonds overall. Nuts. Okay. Artificial market. But before you admonish yourself for being duped by these clever marketing propaganda, understand that diamonds have actually been long considered a valuable stone. Ancient Greeks revered the indestructible stone and believed it to have mystical powers. So at least we're not that dumb, right? At least we just bought it for a ton, a ton of money. So... For centuries, diamonds have been worn by royalty and noblemen as a status symbol, and diamond engagement rings have been traced all the way back to 1477 when the Austrian Archduke Maximilian pr- proposed to marry a Burgundy with a diamond ring and thusly started the long tradition of hawking over thousands of dollars for a piece of carbon. So today's fervor for diamonds is not a new phenomenon by any means. Diamonds are undeniably a dazzling, brilliant, and mesmerizing stone and worthy of the awe it uh, obtains. So if you're not familiar with a diamond structure and components, you may be led to think that just a a normal gemstone is a diamond when it's an entirely different stone, like cubic zirconia or CZ, because we're going to be mentioning it a lot, or moissanite. So CZ or moissanite, those are the two most common. They're basically like the fool's diamond, much like pyrite is fool's gold. So for this reason, it's essential to know how to spot a fake diamond. Number one, water seems to always be your friend when you're dealing with something of volume or uh, an egg, whether it's ripe or not, um, or I guess rotten or not, (laughs) or ripe egg. Yeah. So first off, water test, how to tell if a diamond is real use this simple test to ensure a diamond is real find a normal sized drinking glass and fill it three-fourths of the way with water you don't want it to overflow carefully drop the loose stone into the glass if the gemstone sinks it is a real diamond if it floats underneath or at the surface of the water you have a fake on your hands there a real diamond has very high density so the water test shows if your stone matches the level of density clearly if it floats Got a little air in there plastic acrylic garbage next up is the fog test so for the fog test hold the diamond or ring between two fingers and breathe on it with a puff of hair air a light fog will form on the diamond because of the moisture and heat in your breath if the fog dissipates right away the diamond is real If it takes several seconds for the fog to disperse, it is likely a fake diamond. Diamonds effectively conduct heat and therefore disperse heat very quickly. So, fog test seems like a pretty solid way to do it because um, it's also a good way to clean it, you know? Kind of do two birds there with one stone diamond stone. So, number 3, uh check the setting and mount. This is very important. If you've ever watched pawn stars, that's kind of the first thing they go for. Once they get a diamond ring in, they will check the setting. They'll check what it's mounted in because if a diamond is already placed in a ring, um likely it's going to be a very um expensive setting or expensive gold. So, a real diamond would probably be set in materials such as white gold, platinum, yellow gold, pave, or sidestone uh, setting, and halo setting rings. So, to see if the setting is truly as described, look inside the ring center for markings. As an example, the notes 10K, 14K, and 18K indicate what time of gold is used. The markings PT and plat refer to platinum. If you see a number such as 585, 770, 900, and 950, those are markings indicating platinum or gold as well. So if you see a CZ stamper engraving, the gemstone is a a cubic zirconia, which is what we had mentioned before. And thusly, it's not a real diamond. So next up, this one is a little more dangerous. So um, I guess tread carefully with this one. So diamonds are made of incredibly strong material and will be unresponsive to high heat. So to test this, grab a drinking glass and fill it with cold water. Use a set of pliers or fireproof gloves to hold the stone. Heat the stone with a lighter for approximately 40 seconds, then drop the stone directly into the cold water. If the stone shatters, it is made of a weaker component and is not a real diamond. A true diamond would never show a reaction to that. So... This method tests the quality and strength of the stone. Because of the quick expansion and contraction of heat, weak materials like glass or cubic zirconium will crack and break. Kind of think of a a glass or Pyrex dish uh, that you use for cooking. If you pull the dish out of a hot oven and try to wash it immediately, the shock will shatter or potentially shatter the dish. So because diamonds are one of the strongest materials on the planet, it will be resistant to such heat tests because it's actually created through high density pressure. So heat will disperse quickly and the diamond won't be affected. So this one's a good test. Um, However, if you're kind of doubtful yet don't wanna lose like maybe something that had been passed on generation to generation, this may not be the best way to do that. Because it will uh, destroy it if it's fake, thusly destroying your legacy. Even if it is fake, you know something may have more sentimental value than monetary value, which is you know very common. So, next up is going to be the UV light test to test a diamond in a different way. Place it under a UV light and watch the reaction. Most diamonds will emit a blue-colored glow but not all of them, so uh, some diamonds do not glow under UV light. For this reason, if the stone does not glow, the results don't necessarily indicate that it is a fake diamond, that it's a fake diamond. So because this test is not definitive, it's best to have a diamond expert, a jeweler, use their advanced equipment to test the stone because most people don't really carry UV light at home. Okay, so next up, we're going to be looking at refractivity. When pertaining to diamond, this is a very common thing with prisms. Uh, you've seen the Pink Floyd album. That is a very good um, example of what a prism is and the refraction of light through it. So when you see a diamond sparkle, you're experiencing its ability to bend and refract light. When light strikes the pavilions, which are the angled surface on the lower half of the diamond, it is bounced and refracted up through the diamond's table which is the top flat surface to the naked eye. When a diamond does this well and sparkles radiantly, it is called brilliance. And I know that sounds like a sales technique, but it is the true quantifiable definition of what a diamond's uh, luster and radiance looks like. So stones that are not diamonds, such as CZ, will not refract light as well. They will have less brilliance, if any, at all. So it's unbrilliant, to uh, purchase some CZ there. So these are gonna be some um, tests to kind of uh, check the refractivity. So the newspaper or read-through effect is very common. So to test the diamond's refractivity, gently place the stone flat side down or the table side down, um, as we learned, down onto a page of newspaper in an area with lots of lettering. Ensure the lighting is bright and that no objects or people are casting a shadow on the diamond. If you are able to read the letters on the newspaper, even if the letters are a bit blurry, the diamond is fake. Okay. If the diamond is real, its facets will refract light in different directions rather than in a straight line. Because of the refractions of light, you won't be able to see clearly through the diamond and make out the letters of the paper. So the refractions aren't magnifications. So when you do get a fake diamond, um, you're going to see almost a magnification so the newspaper test is mostly, uh, effective used on loose diamonds. Obviously if the diamond is in its setting already, consider using the fog test, um, or again, have it reviewed by a diamond expert. So next up we need to check its reflectivity. Okay. Different from reflect re I almost so similar. I'm trying to convince you that's different, but, uh, it's so similar that I'm mixing them up. So reflectivity, in addition to its refractivity you can test the stone based off of its reflectivity while refractivity these words dear lord pertains to the directions of the light bounces reflectivity refers to the amount and quality of the light that is reflected off of the stone itself and each individual surface so reflectivity encompasses both the brilliance which is that white light sparkle and fire which is colored light that shines off of a diamond's table To test for reflectivity, use the sparkle test. I know, that just sounds like a funny test. Um, The sparkle test doesn't require any equipment except for your ojos, okay, your eyes. Hold the diamond in question under a normal lamp. Watch how light reflects off of the stone. Do you see Bright shimmer of white light bouncing off the diamond. Do you see colorful, full, colorful light reflections as well? A real diamond reflects white light extremely well, providing exceptional sparkle. Diamonds also reflect colored light or fire in magnificent fashion. You know, uh, what was who was it? Rihanna shine bright like a diamond. There, okay, she was not wrong. She was teaching us science. Uh, When she sang that song, I know everybody thought it was like an empowerment thing. No, it's, it was brought to you by the De Beers industry. Don't look that one up. Okay. Anyways, um, if you compare a real diamond to a fake diamond, like CZ, you are able to notice a drastic difference in the white and colored light sparkle that a real diamond gives off. So we're going to jump into a break here real quick. And then we will get back to what the experts do to determine a real diamond diamond or not okay this is mr de beers the diamond man we're working hard in the diamond mines physical wink to ensure we've got enough to meet all your wants and needs that wonderfully well reasonably priced diamond will be the apple no golden apple of your lover's eye so make sure to come see Mr. De is down at any of your local diamond dealers and grab some diamonds while we've got them. So we'll know exactly how many to release next year. DeBeers out. All right. And we are back. Okay. These are expert techniques to ensure a diamond is real. So the stuff we just talked about is, uh, I mean, yeah, if you do most of them, it's going to be pretty definitive. However some people's livelihoods depend on a diamond's validity okay also if you got a fat diamond at home and you need to get that baby insured you're going to want to get it insured for the correct amount because you can get it insured all you want however when you um when you actually bring it in to get it certified and whatnot they may look at it and say this is cz this is mossonite this is not the good good uh, and you're going to um, cry about it because the difference between what massonite's worth and what a diamond is worth is astronomical, and will bring tears to your eyes. So, it is always um, advised to have a professional diamond expert assisting you in determining if a, jo- a, a diamond is general. If, it, if you know if it needs to be genuine, definitely have somebody um, somebody who is a graduate gemologist or a G.G. degree. They'll definitely be able to tell you if it's real or not. So, bring your stone into a diamond professional. It'll give you peace of mind because several proven methods and tools are used to determine if a diamond is real. Okay, first off, inspecting a diamond with a loop. Okay, a diamond professional will have to access or will have access to a loop. Okay, it's a special magnifying glass used for diamonds, gemstones, and jewelry. You've seen them in shows. You've seen them in. Uh, pond, stars, uh, where they hold it up to your eye. It's just a very small little magnifying glass. When using a loop, a professional will look for blemishes and imperfections within the diamond. While a fake diamond can be perfectly constructed, a diamond will have small imperfections called inclusions. So if you've ever bought a diamond, they say that word a lot. (laughs) Too much. So using a thermal conductivity probe or a diamond tester, you've seen probably um, videos online of... You know this guy going around with a diamond tester testing wrappers diamonds this is what we're talking about so in addition to a loop gemologists usually have a thermal conductivity probe or meter they'll use this tool to determine the thermal conductivity of a gemstone because diamonds are effective heat conductors the diamond will disperse heat rapidly after being warmed so it'll actually detect that it's pretty sweet so if a gemstone disperses heat at a slower rate the diamond is not real It's worth noting that synthetic moissanite stones often have a similar or equal heat disbursement. So that is important because that is why they use these multiple tests, because even some of the synthetic diamonds hold characteristics of real diamonds. Okay. Next up, we're going to weigh that bad boy. So testing a real diamond with high profile weighting. It's like a fine-tuned diamond scale. So jewelers and gemologists usually have a fine, a very fine-tuned scale. This isn't for measuring pounds. This is for like micro ounces um, for measuring small differences in weight. The weight of a real diamond will be lower than fake stones like the CZ, but only special scales for weighing carrots will be able to detect these minute differences to perform the test choose a fake diamond that is approximately equal in shape and size use this stone kind of as a comparison for the diamond you are considering so next up they're going to use electricity conductivity Uh, determining a fake diamond can also be achieved through the electricity conductivity test Performed by a jeweler or gemino- gemologist. Diamonds conduct electricity better than any other stone, including the difficult synthetic mausonite. An electricity tester will provide a clear sign as to whether or not the stone is real or created by a lab. A diamond will show conductivity, while other diamonds like or other stones like mausonite and CZ will not. So, Testing a real diamond versus the specific and ever so clever moissanite. So because of the increasing presence of synthetic moissanite on the market, it's important to use the tools of a jeweler to test for genuinity. These tools can determine almost immediately if a diamond is real or fake. So we're going to pull out that microscope, but it's not going to be your... Uh, I'm a home scientist microscope. We're talking about a 1,200 times magnification microscope. Okay, with a 1,200 times magnification on a power microscope, a jeweler or gemologist is able to scrutinize the stone in detail. At this level of magnification, they'll be able to see inclusions and small differences in real diamonds compared to masonite. So next up is an x-ray examination. So to have the internal molecular qualities of a stone reviewed... Send it to a professional diamond lab for testing. Again, this is if you really want to know if this bad boy is real or not. And also don't do this for small diamonds. Small diamonds aren't that expensive. And I feel like uh, I didn't actually look up how expensive these diamond lab testing is. Can't imagine it's going to be very cheap, though. These are for fat hope diamonds, you know, big, big, big guys. So their x-ray machines will be able to tell if the stone has a radiolucent molecular structure or a radiopaque molecular structure as well. So diamonds are radiolucent, while fakes like CZ and crystals, they have more of a radiopaque features. Okay, so the, with diamond testing, there's been kind of, you know, uh, some home remedies thrown out there. And I want to go over those. So how reliable is the scratch test? The scratch test was a, uh, once widely used technique that aimed to determine the hardness of a gemstone's mineral. The test involved scraping the loose gemstone along a mirror to see if the scratch if it would scratch the mirror of the stone. While a diamond is formed with a very strong material, fakes like CZ and moissanite are quite durable as well and actually scratch resistant. Um, for these reasons, the scratch test is not very accurate so you are better served to use the test that we talked about. Um, or you know, again, the diamond inspector. But yeah, the scratch test I wouldn't go to. I don't think that's a very definitive um, proof, especially with some of the synthetics out there that are crazy accurate and crazy hard. So, how do we spot other stones that aren't real diamonds? Okay, with the rising populations uh, or popularity of other gemstones, here are some steps to spot a stone that's to the naked eye while appear similar to a real diamond. So how do you recognize synthetic diamonds? These are the ones that are lab grown. Um, actually, if you've watched Pawn stars, I know I'm referencing that a lot. There was a guy that came in with like Albert Einstein's hair, but it was a diamond made from the carbon extracted from the hair. So since it is, uh, diamonds are carbon, anything that's carbon based, AKA anything, um, can be turned into a diamond and people are doing that now. And Selling them, and also uh, they're very hard to determine. So, how do you recognize synthetic diamonds? Um, synthetic diamonds have similar chemical and molecular components uh, to natural diamonds, as we talked about. So, because of their intricate internal qualities, we recommend having the diamond reviewed by an expert. So, um, I'm reading here from a, um, a popular like fake diamond um, blog. And it looks like most of the time they are, um, they're recommending the diamond reviewers. If it's so similar, um, if you feel like you may have a synthetic diamond, you may have to throw, throw that to the diamond uh, expert there. Okay. They can run the conductivity test and then look at it under high magnification. And that is how you're going to determine it. You're not going to be able to do the naked eye test and some of the other tests may fail as well putting you kind of into a a situation to where, you know, should you hold on to it or, you know, whatever it is. So how do you recognize uh, CZ? So CZ is actually one of the easier fake diamonds to test for authenticity by using the sparkle test. For example, it's relatively easy to gauge the amount of sparkle and fire a stone is giving off. So in addition, CZ reflect, um, orange tinted light. So they also weigh more than a real diamond and generally don't have imperfections or inclusions. This one more magnifies than uh, refracts as we talked about. So real diamonds are going to have those inclusions um, that can be seen with the naked eye that just kind of refract the light around. Um, Next up, we're going to be talking about white sapphire. So sapphires are commonly available in blue and a wide range of colors, including white. So the white actually looks pretty clear to the naked eye, so white sapphires are often posted as diamonds, but don't offer the diamond's signature sparkle and contrast of dark and light areas. So, if the stone seems more blurred in coloring, meaning it you know it doesn't have distinct light and dark parts, uh, it is likely to be white sapphire. I didn't look up the value behind white sapphire, but I imagine it's much more than Mausonite and um, CZ. So how do we recognize moissanite so perhaps the best actor in the fake diamond world is the synthetic moissanite distinction between the two is usually difficult to the naked eye and requires the expertise of a diamond professional so this is where we bring that electricity conductivity test and that's going to really kind of be the way to do that one um that's kind of like the final frontier if it's not um if it's passing all the tests and you're just not really sure, it may still be mausonite, so you got to get it to a lab pronto. So, how do we recognize white topaz? Um, While a white topaz may look like a diamond at first glance, several characteristics separate it uh, from a real diamond. The exterior is softer than a diamond and can be actually easily scratched by other materials. So this one's actually maybe a good one you could use for for the scratch test. Um, You can also look closely at the white topaz um, using magnification to see if there are any scratches on the surface, just micro abrasions. Um, Diamonds will not have scratches because of their durable, um, you know, exterior. So obviously um, we've learned a lot. We've said a lot of words. Um, But in conclusion, I would say as long as, you know, if you've got a small diamond check out another floating test, do the breath test. It may be, you may not even have enough surface area to put some breath on it, but do some of the, the tests at home, um, that I've mentioned. A lot of those are going to get rid of, um, maybe some of the doubt that you do have about your diamond. Also, these are things you can do. Let's say you meet up with somebody on Facebook and you know, it was a pretty dang good deal and they've got it right in front of them. And you're like, dude, I got to breathe on your diamond and you know, you may freak him out, but, um, good. You know, if it's fake, he should be more, you know, freaked out about it anyway. So that's it. Um, if you guys have any other, uh, questions or any suggestions at all, uh, for future podcasts, I would like to hear them, um, hit up my faked podcast, um, just FAKD podcast on Facebook and chat with me, send me a message. I haven't done much with it, but I'd like to hear from you guys. So remember with faked items, there are those who produce them, those who purchase them and those that listen to this podcast. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.